You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. Hope things are going well since you last joined the show. We obviously had the recap show earlier in the week. We're joined by David Larkin of FootballGuys.com. We're joined on today's show to preview all things NFL divisional round in the playoffs by Matt Moneysmith of NFL Network. A lot of you will obviously have uh, heard him on our show previously and uh, you'll have heard him uh, on NFL Network and the NFL Fantasy Live stuff and so much more on there. The Pedros and Money Show as well. It's always phenomenal having him aboard the show. So looking forward to just two or three minutes time we'll be talking the divisional round with matt just before we do that always uh, give us a comment or rating on itunes stitcher tune in thanks to all that have done that over the last couple of weeks really appreciate the support uh, talking of support we had a great competition last weekend as well with uk american sports store.co.uk you can follow them on twitter it's at camelans that's at c-a-m-l-a-n-s definitely well worth checking them out some great products on their site just want to give them a quick shout out again thank you to them for helping us run that competition last weekend um, obviously the Packers playing the Cardinals this coming Sunday um, I did a tweet earlier contemplating watching it in Melbourne in one of the local pubs if uh, anyone is around the Melbourne area do hit me up on at Overtim Ireland on Twitter that game will be starting at 12.15pm here so uh, on the Sunday so anyone that's interested in a few beverages watching the NFL do hit me up on Twitter uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's action tough game coming up for the pack uh, and to preview that game and all the other games coming up let's get uh, straight into it now let's get matt money smith on the show want to know who's going to win every nfl game this weekend it's time for the oti weekend preview delighted to once again have back on the show matt money smith you'll all know matt from nfl.com and particularly nfl network and the fantasy live stuff and the pedros and money show much much more uh matt it's always a lot of fun having you on the show really looking forward to this Oh, I always appreciate you having me. Uh, always enjoy our conversations. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I have a little schedule read out here of what we were going to talk about. And with the time difference, I'm down here in Australia. You're in L.A., obviously. And I uh, just woke up and see the news on my iPad, breaking news on the NFL app, that uh, Chip Kelly is the new 49ers head coach. That wasn't part of my schedule. <laughs> no, I don't think it was really part of anybody's, just yeah. because uh, how disastrous that coaching search had appeared to be, you know, that they really wanted Hugh Jackson he chooses the Browns over the 49ers. And this is really one of the names I think that can salvage it for Jed York and, and Trent Baalke. And now the question is, can Chip Kelly and Trent Baalke get along? Chip's a pretty weird, you know, I've called a few of his college games. He's a pretty weird guy, you know, a brilliant guy, but a weird guy. And, and you know, kind of same with Jim Harbaugh. And, and Baalke couldn't make it work with, with Jim, so we'll see if he can make it work with Chip. Yeah, this is going to be very, very interesting. The, the biggest point probably taken away from it is, what has the whole Colin Kaepernick situation to develop into? Uh, is he going there to help Kaepernick? But obviously we've seen Blaine Gabbert develop a little bit this year, play a lot better than a lot of people would have expected he ever would have played in the NFL. But obviously Chip Kelly likes uh, you know, to try and have a, a quarterback with a bit of athleticism in there. There's all the talk about uh, Mariota, his former quarterback at Oregon. I wonder, uh, is this here move more to uh, kind of try and revive the career of Kaepernick? Because obviously the way the contract is also structured, it's a lot of, kind of escalators and so on in his contract, but there is still that money invested there, and there is still the huge potential to get him back to where he was two or three years ago. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's the most interesting, obvious point, you know, because it's the quarterback. It's a quarterback that helped take a team to the Super Bowl. It's a quarterback that we were having discussions about. Would you take Colin Kaepernick or, I mean, pick your quarterback, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson. We were talking Colin Kaepernick or Aaron Rodgers at one point because of how good he looked. Yep. 
guys like that, they just, they just don't go bad overnight. You know, I don't know if it was injuries, but, you know, sort of the mudslinging from the Niners organization certainly doesn't help things. You mentioned the contract with escalators. They can kind of get out yeah. relatively clean if they want, but I don't know why you bring Kelly in and not keep Colin Kaepernick to see if he can get him right. And, and, you know, the rumor is that Chip tried to trade for him or at least explored a trade for him when, you know, he went to the bench in favor of Blaine Gabbard. So we know that he wants to work with them. And that'll be, you know, going back to our Trent Balky chip Kelly conversation. You know, a lot of people thought Trent was the guy that was kind of, you know, throwing Kaepernick under the bus. We'll see how that whole thing plays out. Yeah, and I just see a tweet that you've up, uh, you're responding to Darren Novell. Um, you know, he has a tweet up that with the Eagles and the 49ers money this season, Chip Kelly's expected to pull in around at least $12.5 million a year for the next two seasons. So the Eagles, obviously, when they hired Chip, thought that he was definitely going to be there for the long haul and uh, had no offset guarantees in that contract. So Chip's going to make some nice cash over the next two seasons. Hey, that, I'll tell you what, the one winner in this whole deal has got to be his agent. I'm yeah. sure there's coaches <laughs> everywhere saying, how in the world did he not have offset language in that contract? I mean, it's just it's nuts. It is unheard of that the Eagles got to pick up that tab and, and the Niners are just going to give him his full salary. I mean, way to go. You know, Hey, you win. I, I like it when the employees beat the, uh, the man in the suit, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, often the agents get uh, in around you know two or three percent of certain contracts, so even two or three, two or three percent of uh, twelve and a half millions, nice uh, salary for him. Sure uh, looking around, sure obviously, obviously the other coaching changes. Ben McAdoo is now the head coach of the New York Giants. Um, I kind of speculated on that on Monday show that I thought that was the reason they probably had moved on from Chip Kelly, similar to the situation in Tampa Bay with uh, kind of elevating. But it's a very quick move around for Ben McAdoo because as a Packers fan, I know he was the quarterback's coach there a couple of seasons ago. He was offensive coordinator, obviously, with the Giants. But it is a very swift move to the head coach in the ranks. He's been involved in football in a long time, but there's a big difference in you know being a coordinator, working your way up, even be, like you know from a quarterback's coach to uh, being the head honcho. Yeah, I think this is an Eli move. You know, that would be my guess, is that they didn't fall in love with, with any of the potential candidates. And Eli said, look, I love Ben. You know, he's my guy. we got to make sure whatever you do that we keep him. And maybe ultimately they figured, you know, Ben hopefully learned enough from Coughlin that, that he can run it um, as well as he's run the offense or as comfortable as he's made Eli, that, that he can do this as the head coach. You know, the one thing you always heard about Coughlin and why he was so well-respected is, respected is you always heard you know that all of the players would point out you know his attention to detail how they felt like they were the most ready team every time they took the field now granted you know the results didn't bear that out these last few years but that was kind of the one thing you always heard about Coughlin is he was a relentless tireless worker that had every statistic every matchup everything ready to go for these guys before a game so you know, you would hope that that's something that, that McAdoo picked up on and, and he can carry over. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been a very strange scenario over the last couple of weeks. With uh, You know, we, there was a lot of people we thought would probably lose their jobs and they haven't lost their jobs. Then people you didn't think would lose their jobs have uh, moved on from their uh, respective positions and then where some of these coaches have landed and who has been hired has been very very surprising do you think it's been one of the most surprising kind of coaching carousels over the last maybe five or six years I can't remember it being quite as hard to call no especially with how many openings and and like you said the openings that I figured were slam dunks you know the Rams the, the Chargers, Chargers yeah. and and those just didn't come and, and the Colts for that matter the and, that, you know, and, and it's not 
Yeah, not hmm. not to say that that's fair or unfair, but you know, I think kind of one of the things that I heard is that the Eagles really wanted Pagano. So when that when that held, I think that kind of flipped things a, a little bit, you know, and that's kind of sent the Eagles scrambling. I think we all had an idea that that Coughlin was probably going to be on his way. Um, and the fact that the Redskins won that division, I think, made it even more tough on Chip Kelly and Tom Coughlin because from a talent standpoint, it's awfully hard to, to make the case that the Redskins are the more talented team ahead of the other teams in that division. So, you know, I, I, I think you, you hit it on the head. You know, it's, it's not that it's odd to see six to, to nine openings in an offseason. It's yeah. just odd the ones that we saw opening <laughs> who got those jobs. Yeah, and uh, speaking, you mentioned there the Chargers and the Rams. Speaking of them, they obviously are on the move. Well, the Rams are certainly on the move. They will be relocating back to L.A. after the news uh, this week at the NFL meetings. Uh, I didn't think it would be able to be done this coming season because of the time frame, but the Rams will be playing their 2016 schedule in L.A. and it uh, looks like it'll probably be at the Coliseum. The Chargers have the opportunity as well to move in with them at the new stadium. Uh, it's going to be an interesting experiment. You've been based in L.A. How do you think uh, moving forward it's going to play out? Do you think the Chargers move too and also... Um, do you think that uh, it's the right move for the NFL long term? The the Rams is the right move. St. Yeah. Louis was a garbage market. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Cardinals town. They didn't really support that team. Sorry, the only time St. Louis. They the team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's reality. They're, they're, no, it's they true. Support back out of the Cardinals. They love baseball, and the only time they supported football, the greatest show on turf. And how yeah. could you not? It was, I mean, the most exciting football we'd seen in years, and and we really haven't seen anything as exciting since. Yeah. So. You had to go. But outside of that, I mean, it's the lowest attendance. It's the lowest percentage of attendance. It was just, it was a no-brainer, you know. And the Rams, yeah, I know they started in Cleveland for nine years, but they were L.A.'s team. I mean, they spent 50 years here, you know, yeah. went to Super Bowl fourteen, finished some four. So, I mean, just some great, great players. So, it made sense, and it even made more sense, you know, to the, the plan that Stan Kroenke put forth, I mean, to build – you know, a, a football palace that even puts the Jerry Dome to shame. You know, that that's, that's the way you return football to L.A., you know, and a, a place that will be part of that regular rotation for Super Bowls, uh, will likely host a, a big part of the Olympics, you know, all of the World Cup soccer, things like that, yeah. is kind of what I think the NFL is thinking. And so it made sense. As far as the Chargers, I don't know. You know, I'm not really sure what to make of that. I, I called two Charger games this year. Every year I usually do between two and three Charger games in San yeah. Diego. That's a great fan base. Yeah. I mean, it really is. They they turn out for that team. They were terrible this year. I was there for the Ladanian Tomlinson retirement. That place was sold out. So I don't, you know, I get it. It's a dump of a stadium. I mean, it really is a dump. Yeah. And they need a new spot. And I know... You know, it's not exciting for people to give billionaires money, but you can't make the same type of money corporate, suite-wise, in San Diego that you can in L.A., so I understand that Fitzpanos wants some help there. Hopefully he gets it. I'd love to see him stay in San Diego and see them work that out. Same with Oakland. Great fan base, great city, city that's growing. I'd just love to see it play out this way. The Rams come home, Chargers and Raiders get things fixed in San Diego and Oakland, which would just be fantastic. 
Yeah, when you look at the, obviously one of these teams is going to miss out because if the Chargers don't take up the option to play in LA, uh, then it passes on to the Raiders. But the Raiders fans could be the big winners uh, at the moment in this because the Raiders then will get passed on money to help uh, sort out their stadium issues as well. But we'll see how it all goes down the road because there is uh, four games taking place this weekend that uh, we haven't talked about yet. I told you that uh, pretty cr- pretty crazy overnight news coming out and just some of the stuff going on. So we'll get on to the games this coming week and. Uh, the Chiefs heading up to New England to face the New England Patriots. It's going to be uh, a big, big game, obviously, for the Chiefs. They won their first playoff game in quite some time, over 20 years last week, uh, in the blowout against Houston. The Patriots were resting up. Uh, well, some of them were resting up. Some of them were spending their time in the accident and emergency centres. But outside of that, uh, the yeah. Patriots getting a lot of players back this week. Uh, they were really banged up, uh, particularly the last two games of the season. I think with the players coming back, with... Um, home field advantage and everything going into it I know the Chiefs uh, got a big win on the road last week but you know if, if Macklin uh, even if he plays he's going to be nowhere near uh, 100% with that high ankle sprain you know it's a, people think of an ankle sprain as you twisted your ankle and you're just limping around well a high ankle sprain is so 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 much more severe <laughs> some people just haven't really copped onto that this week but uh, I think everything just uh, seems to lean towards a Patriots win here I think they'll win comfortably in fact yeah, you know, when Gronk, and we don't, you know, Gronk was in the hospital today, I, yeah. you know, with the knee issue. So if Gronk's out there, it's just so hard for me to pick against them. You know, he is the ultimate mismatch in the NFL. Um, and, you know, once he's out there, it just changes everything. It's like, you know, to make the basketball analogy, it's Steph Curry. You know, it's just, you have a plan, but your plan is going to get blown to heck in a hurry. So you better have, you know, plan B, C, D, and E to, to lean on. And that's, that's the problem. As great as those linebackers are for the Chiefs, great as that secondary has been, you know, with Marcus Peters and Eric Berry and what a great story, it, it's, I just don't know how they deal with Gronk. And, and, you know, the one thing about a pass rush is as good a pass rush as they have, even with Don Terry Poe getting that push up the middle, Brady just gets rid of the ball so damn quick, it, it negates. I mean, that's why they haven't had to worry about, you know, a top-shelf offensive line because by the time pass rushers, no matter how good they are, get to him, he's already gotten rid of the ball. And when he's got his full complement of weapon, and by that I mean Edelman and Gronk, yeah. it's just I think it's foolish to pick against them. Yeah, and I think we'll see a lot of Lewis in this game out of the backfield. There'll be a lot of quick passes to him, a lot of quick passes, as you mentioned, to Edelman and Gronk as well. I always like to think of players like Gronk, you know, uh, and that kind of, if you're playing on a a PlayStation or an Xbox, a cheat character who you just can't stop. But the one thing the Chiefs are very, very good at is defensively, and uh, they are extremely good against the tight end this season. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, just a quick question. Do you remember the last time the Patriots played the Chiefs? (laughs) Uh, Tom Brady's career had a a miraculous comeback. Yeah, the, the dynasty was over in New England, Tom Brady was finished. We all know how that ended up with uh, the Super Bowl last season. So, funny things happen uh, the last time compared to this time. There's a, a very different narrative, but I'm picking the Patriots here, and it sounds like you're going the same way. I am. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, the Chiefs are compelling, especially with the streak they're on. And I think the one thing Alex Smith doesn't get enough credit for, maybe it's because I'm such a college football fan, is the athlete that he is. And yeah. he's starting to this year. I mean, it's hard to discount 500 rushing yards, but. You know, that's the one thing that you just, you feel like you, you defend the play perfectly, and there goes Alex Smith for 19 yards, you know. And, and that could be, you know, if he has that kind of game where he doesn't turn the ball over, and he rarely does because he doesn't really put the ball in any danger by pushing it downfield. But if he can get Travis Kelsey going and Sharkhanford West out of that backfield and he breaks off a couple of those plays, you know, that's that's what the Chiefs would need. That offense is going to have to do something. You know, remember, yeah. it was special teams and the defense that did most of it 
against the Texans. So they're going to need that offense to move if they're going to win that game. And, and I just don't know if they can do it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And if Macklin's out, you know, it gives the Patriots one less weapon to, to cover. And if you look at the wide receivers' yards this season compared to Macklin's, he's had pretty much uh, over two-thirds of those. Uh, it's just going to it's going to be an interesting one, but I do think the Patriots can be too strong. The Chiefs have settled far too many times this season for field goals, a similar issue to the Vikings yeah. last week. You have to put the, those chances into the red zone and get touchdowns, and uh, uh, both of us picking the Patriots there. Next up, Packers travelling to Arizona to defeat play the Cardinals um, obviously Packers winning in Washington last week with one of their better performances over the the last kind of 10 weeks but the problem for the Packers is the Arizona Cardinals are a completely different uh, kettle of fish to the Washington Redskins especially on the defensive side of the ball Packers offensive line looked a little bit better after those kind of three or four drives up until the safety uh, and then they played a lot better after that but the Cardinals with the pass rushers there they have Calais Campbell and so on it's going to be a tough tough night for the Packers uh, being a Packers fan I'm Hopeful, but uh, not expecting anything great here. Obviously, the Packers getting blown out three or four weeks ago there in Arizona. We'll see how they uh, bounce back in this one. But listening to a few shows this week, and I think if you were in a, a court case, you were looking at the evidence on the table, I think it's uh, hard to look past the Arizona Cardinals in this one. Yeah, and it's offense, you know, more than more than anything. I know the, the Seahawks, you know, ran roughshod over the Cardinals, you know, in that last week, but... The, the Packers' defense, you know, just I don't think has the capability to slow down just that vertical passing game of Carson Palmer and Michael Floyd and John Brown. They don't have enough, you know, and, and the running game really didn't get back on track against uh, the Redskins. The Redskins' defense, I think people forget, was just bad. Yeah. You know, as good as that offense was moving, the defense had been bad. And when you have a bad defense going against Aaron Rodgers, if you're giving him time to throw, he's going to cut you up. You know, so that's not the case with Arizona. Even without Tyron, uh, you know, Tyron Matthew, which was a big blow. Awesome. I mean, I would, I would just say this, this three touchdowns, Arizona, if Tyron Matthew is still healthy. Without him, it's been interesting. Um, so that's that's maybe like the one hiccup here is that if Rodgers can get some time to throw that secondary, which I thought was the best in in football for a good portion of this season, is nowhere near the same uh, without him. So still, you know, with, with, with David Johnson being as special as he's looked and, and all those weapons offensively, I can't see the Packers being able to keep up. Yeah, it's going to be hard to keep up because um, even if they can get, you know, Clay Matthews and Peppers to get pressure on Palmer, even hit him a few times, maybe a couple of sacks, just over the whole fo- course of the game, the thing the Cardinals keep doing is they're not afraid on first down even to take that deep shot to try and get like a 50-yard pickup, you know, and that there is going to keep stressing the Packers' defense, and we all know that they have the rookie cornerbacks playing at the moment, and they're playing very, very well for their first season in the league. But I just think when they're getting tested time and time again in the game, eventually, usually the younger players will make a mental mistake, and that'll cost them. You mentioned the Cardinals having no Tyron Matthew. That is obviously a huge blow for them. But with the Packers at the moment, even against Washington, the wide receivers still weren't able to get open, uh, and against you know the, the man coverage that the Cardinals are going to play on the outside is going to be very tough. So it's going to take a really, really special performance here for the Packers to get the W. And, um, you know, last week it worked for me. I picked the Redskins on the preview podcast last week, and that worked for me. So I guess I'll jump aboard this week and I'll pick the Cardinals as well. Hopefully I put a bit of a jinx on the Cardinals. (laughs) There you go. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think, I think we're looking, uh, you know, the Cardinals still, I think, are probably the favourites for the NFC at this point. Next up, the other two teams in the NFC, the game's on Sunday, and it's going to be the Seahawks travelling to face the Panthers. The uh, Panthers at the bye week last week, the Seahawks with uh, a very, very kind of lucky, let's call it, late win in 
uh, Minnesota. I think we'll see more than 19 points this week, but we mightn't see a whole lot more. Yeah, you know, it's 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 so disrespectful to pick against the Panthers, but I'm gonna. You know, I just I believe in Seattle. I believe they've got it right. I know that you know they're lucky to be in this game, but you know, every Super Bowl run, just look at it. There's a I mean, heck, look at the Super Bowl win last year. I mean, just a bit of luck for the Patriots. You know, and, and, and I know that's a different kind of luck. It's an interception. But the, the, as well as Russell Wilson is playing, and even though he didn't have a great game, he still made the play of the game. I mean, when he scooped up that ball instead of falling on it yeah. and, and throws that ridiculous pass to Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, and the difference, I think, with, with the Seahawks versus other teams is they don't have that one receiver that they need to worry about. You know, they don't have Julio Jones and really not a lot else that Russell Wilson's always, always looking for. I know Doug Baldwin has been special. I mean, real special. But the way he moves isn't necessarily conducive to being, you know, victimized by Josh Norman's tremendous press coverage, you know, because he's got Tyler Lockett opposite. They, he uses so many curse and, and I mean, it's, it's, it is remarkable how well he uses all of those receivers. And when one is taken away, how quickly Wilson is able to go to the other. So I think that negates the strength of the Carolina defense. And again, that Seattle defense has been playing so well. I just don't envision what the weapons that Cam has, him being able to, to do enough. So it's disrespectful as heck, but I'm going to, you know, I, I just, I believe in the Seahawks. Yeah, key matchup here I think is going to be the uh, Panthers uh, defensive line against the Seahawks offensive line and the issue you have at that point is can uh, they get home they've had issues this year getting sacks if they haven't sent linebackers and then if you send linebackers and you have Russell Wilson scrambling out of the pocket you're in big big trouble in that perspective Uh, the offensive line for the Seahawks hasn't been that great but then when you see what Russell Wilson can do moving out of the pocket uh, sometimes he can make that uh, not an issue at all and the, the thing that, that last week the Vikings done so well against the Seahawks was when they were trying to pressure him in the pocket. Rather than trying to crush the pocket, they kept pushing the uh, the defensive or the offensive tackles back the way past Wilson because Wilson likes to back out of the pocket rather than step up on it and rush out. So they, they were able to stop his running lane. So I thought that was a very effective plan from the Vikings. We'll see if the Panthers do something similar this week to try and keep him in the pocket. But you mentioned that slide for that play last week. If, uh, if they go on to get to the Super Bowl, that there's one of the most key plays I think I can remember in any season of uh, you know just such a turning play I think it was a swing of kind of in around the 50 yards because he would have lost 20 and he gained an extra 30 from the line of scrimmage and you look at him sliding uh, Daniel Jeremiah on his podcast this week was talking about his baseball background being effective in that and you look at quarter, other quarterbacks playing now this week if you look at uh, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady there's not a chance or Carson Palmer that they're getting back and sliding to pick up the ball and throw it because probably the defensive end is going to get to the ball before them so just such a spectacular play and his skill set is so unique but I'm going against you in this one uh, Matt I'm going for the the Panthers to win at home one loss all season they've been so consistent throughout the year defensively and we keep doubting their offense week in week out but they just keep doing enough to get it done and they have back Jonathan Stewart this week too I think he's going to be a lot fresher obviously we haven't mentioned Marshawn Lynch for the Seahawks looks to be in line to play he missed out last week coming back from that injury so we're going different ways in this one but uh, you mentioned the Panthers one loss all season and so many people picking against them I just think uh, they'll put a they're they're more you know ruthless in the red zone than the Vikings and I think they'll get enough points on the board to uh, get the win but it's going to be a spectacular game uh, and I'm really looking forward to that one next one up the Pittsburgh Steelers they travel to Denver at the moment status is up in the air of Big Ben and Antonio Brown 
Uh, obviously, the Broncos had the bye week, so they should be a lot fresher going into this one. If uh, I'm sure predictions change a lot if Big Ben and Antonio Brown aren't in there, but how do you see this one going? It's the toughest game to pick, you know, and I'm, I'm anxious to see how Pittsburgh defends the Broncos' offense with Peyton Manning. I just don't think they they have any fear of him pushing that ball downfield. Yeah, so You're many just going to see him creep up, yeah. you know. And and but then, like you said, I mean, Big Ben's got what a torn shoulder. Yeah. Antonio Brown <laughs> might be out with you know concussed, and he's all loopy. You got no D'Angelo Williams. I mean, it's I, I, you know, it's it's as just formidable as that Pittsburgh offense is. Who's left? You know, it's Marcus Wheaton and Martavis Bryant. I mean, no, I spent Heath Miller. I mean, it's it's just a, it's too bomb. You know, it's it's Tucson. It's crazy. It's hard to pick those guys. Yeah. You know, fifty percent Big Ben, a fifty percent Antonio Brown. As good as that offense has looked against the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. You know, but then I, I look at the the Broncos and I say, I don't know. I don't know how they move the ball with Peyton Manning at quarterback. I just can't. I can't envision how they get away with it. So it's going to be low scoring. I, I, you know, I feel like this is going to be a real tight game. And I, God, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm punting, man. I'm going to punt. I, I'm going to let you pick it first, and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do here. Because I truly, this is the most confounding game uh, that I can remember looking at. Usually, you find one or two mismatches, and you feel good about accentuating those. And okay, this is the way I'm going to lean. I can't figure this one out. Yeah, this is one of those games that when you were predicting low score and bad offensive play, quarterbacks not being able to play, and turns out to be a, you know a thirty to thirty-seven thriller or something like that. So it'll probably turn out right. that way going in our predictions, but uh, it probably will be low scoring as you mentioned. Manning, the one thing about Manning, the times that he has had good games over the last two seasons have been coming after at times when he's at rest. So he has had the bye week. We'll see if that helps him. Obviously, with the uh, injuries he's coming back from, but just as it is hard to. Uh, hard to believe that he's going to be able to put the ball downfield but just with the defense of the Broncos compared to you know you're going to take it every day of the week over the Steelers I think uh, the run game got going last week for the Steelers but I think it was down to surprise I don't think the Bengals thought that they were going to be uh, as committed to the run as they were and I just think that the Broncos will probably shut that down pretty much and uh, then you're looking to see if Antonio Brown can get open and the last time these two teams played, I thought that you know they'd be able to shut Antonio Brown down, but uh, you know he had one of the best games he had all season. So that there is going to be the key match. If he's out, I think the Steelers have no chance. If he's in, they have a slim chance. But either way, and all day long, I'm going to be taking the Denver Broncos, whether it's Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler, or whoever else is uh, in there throwing the ball. I just think they're going to be too strong defensively. I think probably create a few turnovers. Uh, ben Roethlisberger this season away from home has uh, got under pressure a little bit and throwing a couple of uh, picks. And then if you put that shoulder issue into it, I think you'll see a few of those good field position and uh, running the ball. I think the Denver Broncos get the W at home. I, you know, I, uh, since, I was, since you're forcing me to pick, damn you. Um, <laughs> I, I guess this is what I'll, I'll say. If, if, if we all agree that it's going to be a tight game yeah. and someone's going to have to make a play at the end of this game to win, I just I don't trust Peyton Manning to be the guy to make that play anymore. You know, so I, I guess I'll go Steelers. But, you know, somehow Big Ben is able to elude pressure, yeah. extend a play. And, and obviously this is all predicated on Ben being healthy enough and Antonio yeah. Brown playing. But, you know, if that's the case, if everybody's out there, that's – I think if I were to put it to, you know, 10 guys, 10, 10 analysts, you know, former players, that they are, who do you want? The game's tight. There's two minutes left. You yeah. want Ben or you want Peyton? I think everybody takes Ben. Yeah, I think everybody you know, I, I think that he, 
you know, even against that, okay, and you get Peyton against the Steelers defense, you know, and Day and Shazier, and, and you know, those guys present some challenges, or you get Ben versus that nasty pass rush, those linebackers, like Steve Tlaib, I mean, that, I think I'd still take Ben, so I guess I'm going to go with the Steelers. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. I'm lo- really looking forward. When you get to this time of the year, these games like it's so hard to pick. They could go either way. I think that game will come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes and obviously the turnover battle. And I just project the Broncos to win that turnover battle. But um, so we're we're a few games there going a few different ways. Some games going the same way. But I'm sure uh, we'll all agree, and all the listeners will agree, it's going to be a fascinating weekend of football. Uh, it's always a lot of fun having you on. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll get you back before the Super Bowl. Um, you've been very grateful with your time this season. I guess now uh, it's tough picking games this week, but um, who are you going to win at all? Well, I, you know, again, it's hard to pick against <laughs> the it's hard to pick against the Patriots in the AFC. Yeah. You know, I just I don't know how that makes any sense. So, uh, you know, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick go back again. NFC, I like the Seahawks. I do. I think they've been the best team down the stretch, and we know how momentum plays. We know the wild card road team that does not matter. We've seen them win the Super Bowl before. So I'll I'll go with the the hot hand with a guy that I think you have a very compelling case to be MVP this season in Russell Wilson. And that defense, you know, so I'll go Seattle. I'll go rematch. And, and man, I'll take it. You tell me I get a rematch of that Super Bowl <laughs> last year. I have all over. I think that's, the, that's probably the game I want to see most, you know. Yeah, and um, I'm going to go with uh, the Patriots as well. I think just, uh, well, obviously on Monday our decisions could be different if the Chiefs can scrape a win, but uh, the Patriots, and, you know, as much as I want to be wrong, I think the Cardinals, just the offensive firepower, the way they play, no fear in their team going downfield, I think they're going to get there from the NFC. I think we have the Patriots and the Cardinals, and it's going to be tough picking who wins that, but again, I'll go for the Cardinals. I just think over the whole season they have been absolutely terrific, and they're a little less uh, banged up at the moment. But uh, Matt, as always, it's been a lot of fun having you on. Um, have you anything you want to give a quick uh, plug out to while you're on? Yeah, you know what? If, if we don't talk before the Super Bowl uh, for NFL.com, we're going to broadcast live from up there. Super Bowl week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. Uh, Damashek, uh, Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, Adam Rank, all of us will be up there doing a live show on NFL.com that you can stream from NFL.com. I think it'll be, I want to say it's noon to three Pacific time, San Francisco time from where we'll be doing the show. So, you know, they'll parade all those players and everything through. So, uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great if people can check in with that. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. The guys uh, seem to always have a good, uh, a good time while they're on the network. But, um, until the next time we're on, hopefully sooner than later, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Always appreciate you reaching out to me. Love coming on anytime. Just, uh, lock me this week. We'll, we'll knock it out. What is up, everybody? This is Adam Rank, and you are listening to Overtime Ireland tell you to keep listening. And there goes Matt Smith. Uh, I'd like to thank him once again for his time on the show. Always very appreciative of the time he gives to the OTI podcast. Um, so there's lots of stuff going on. I mentioned there the, the LA situation and uh, some of the coaching changes. Obviously as well, the games coming up this weekend. A fascinating slate of games coming up. Last week I did mention on the recap, some of the games mightn't have been the best football all the way through, but there was uh, s- some seriously good endings last week. Some late, late drama in those ones. Let's see how they play out this week. Will it be... Uh, as we expect and the results go the way we think who all lines up still some questions up in the air as to who is going to be available and uh, certainly if those players are available uh, are not available they'll still definitely not be at 100% so we'll see 
who has the healthier lineups, the bye weeks, how much they've helped teams like the Patriots, like the Panthers and the Cardinals. We'll see how they do this coming week. With all that said, I guess, again, I plugged it at the start and I'm going to plug it again because it does help us out a lot. Give us a comment and a rating on iTunes. Keep downloading it on multiple devices. Keep spreading the word on social media. Thanks again for all uh, the continued support to all the uh, regular listeners and any of the new listeners out there. Hopefully you do enjoy the show and hit the subscribe button and uh, keep tuning in week in, week out. Until I'm back with the recap show later in the week, my name's Colin Kelly, and until then, have a good one. And, uh, of course, go Pack Go! Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.